Well, we are in the uh, oh, <laughs> we're in the second week of uh, of uh, um, our series on how do we make improvements in our life? How do we uh, how do we grow in relationship with God? How how do we make uh, if 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 you want how do how do you stick with a New Year's resolution? And we talked last week, uh, setting the table about how. We can't do it on our own. The reason we get so frustrated with that is because we're not good at willpower. Uh, we're too easy on ourselves. If we, could, if we could treat ourselves the way we treat others, there'd be no problem because we always hold other people to, to a higher standard. Uh, we, can, we can find the fault and the weakness in anyone at the snap of a finger. Uh, we can look at somebody and say, oh, I can't believe they won't just make that change in their life. But when it comes to ourselves... Uh, we, we, we're experts at rationalization and excuses. See, the difference is we know our own story, so we, we're willing to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. When, when we look at someone else, we, we don't know the whole story, so we just hold them, a, we hold them to a higher standard. So if that's true, that we're not good at, at willpower, if we're not good at following through with things, then how are we going to, how, how can we make changes? And from a Christian perspective, you know, you can say there's this saying that have been around like, let go, let God and stuff. And that's all well and good. But as, as you're, if you're trying to lose weight and as you're sitting in front of the TV and the hunger pains come, where is God with that? You know, there's a, there's a part where you say, I need some, somebody here and now, somebody that can help me right now. So what we're going to talk about this morning is, is one of the gifts that God gives us as a way to, to, to make change. And those, that, that gift is friendship, that we need, we need a buddy. We need, a, we need someone who can join us on the journey. Part of the reason is because of what I just talked about, because we can hold other people more accountable than we can hold ourselves because a shared journey has more strength than a, than a lone journey. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, about how, how we can be friends, how friends can help us. And uh, we're going to look at uh, some of the, the Proverbs. We're actually going to look at three of those this morning that, that tell us what friendship is about. And uh, uh, so the first one, I think you've all heard this one before. Go ahead. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend, or one, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, as that, as that, those metals strike against each other, and it brings, can bring an, an edge to that, can, can give it sharpness, can give it purpose. Just a dull piece of iron is, isn't good for anything, but as, as those strike against each other, it can give it an edge and it can give it use so that you can use it as a tool. And it says, just as iron strikes against iron, one friend can hone another friend to, to meaning, to purpose. Now, you have to be careful that that, that iron isn't, an obnoxious rock <laughs> that you get as a friend. Uh, you, you need equals, as it says. You need iron as, against iron. You don't. You don't want like rock and egg. 
You know, that doesn't work. That is a, a rock and an egg just crushes it and ruins the spirit. But when you have equals, when you have respect for one another, when you have a, when you have a mutual relationship, where you understand that, that one is not greater than the other, when you're willing to, to, to want the best for them, when, when you're willing to be able to, to be as active in the friendship as the other one, that relationship can bring growth. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. Let's, let's go to the next one, Haley. This one's 1824. There are friends who destroy each other. and we, We've all had those before. Those are wonderful people, aren't they? Those are the ones that when you get their Christmas card and they say, like, we went to the Bahamas this year and everything, you're going, <laughs> you hate them, and, you, and you, you take those pictures they send to the family and you draw mustaches on them and all that kind of stuff. And you all pretend like you don't do that stuff. But there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. This one has to do, what is friendship about? We've all had the, the relationships in our lives where people are friendly to us, where, they, where they'll, you know, snuggle in next to you. And a lot of times it's because of what they get out of the relationship. If, if you have something to offer, if, you have, if there's some benefit they get from it, then they're, they're interested in being your, your friend. But what happens when you're really in need? We've all had that experience where those people that you've counted on, where you thought that they were your friends, where, they thought, where you thought that they were going to be there for you, when you were actually in a time of need, they couldn't be found. And what the, the writer of Proverbs is reminding us is that there, there are levels of friendship. We're, we're going to be talking about accountability, about, about how to hold each other in accountability. And, and I, I just want to, as I said, you, iron and iron, you want somebody equal. You also want to make sure you have a good friend. Not the friend that's just there when, when they want something. Not the friend who's just there when when you're passing out goodies, but the friends that's there all the time. It says a true friend is, is closer than a brother. Okay, last one. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Okay? Plans succeed through good counsel, for, through good uh, advice. Don't go to war without good advice. If you have ever tried to make a change in your life, if you've ever tried to, to lose weight, to quit smoking, to, to spend more time reading your Bible, to, to spend more time with it, it's like going to war. There is a battle that goes on inside of you. You are, you are in, on the battlefield. And what the, the writer says is you need help. You need a plan. And uh, you don't want to do it just in your own wisdom. We certainly hope that our leaders do this, right? We certainly hope that if, if our nation is going to go to war, that, that there's a plan, that there's an action, that, that there's an idea of what we're going to be doing there. 
And it's the same in our lives. We have to make sure that we have a plan. Okay? So those are three, three verses. We'll, we'll refer back to those, but I just wanted to set the table for you that uh, what we're going to talk about this morning is accountability. Accountability. And this is, this is a, if, you, if you were to do a study of spiritual disciplines, uh, of things that people historically have used to grow closer to Christ, accountability groups are, are accountability is, is one of those spiritual disciplines that people have, have followed over and over throughout the years. In fact, in the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, when he was organizing the churches in, in the United States, they, they would, would meet and they didn't have a pastor there all the time. Uh, a lot of you that aren't Methodists don't realize that. That's why we have weird traditions like we only do communion on the first Sunday of the month. It was because the pastor traveled around and he'd only make it to your church once a month. And so that's why they, they did that. And then, you know, any good tradition is worth keeping even years after it's effective. So we just keep doing it even, even though it doesn't make any sense. But, uh, but there, and so while they were gone, they, they organized themselves into bands or, or groups. They called them Wesley Covenant groups. And, and in those, while the, they would meet together and they would visit with one another. And they, the, the main question that their meetings were about was, how goes it with your soul? How goes it with your soul? How are you doing spiritually? What things are bothering you? What things are you doing well? What areas do you need help in? What areas have you shown victory? What, what's going on with, with your soul? And, and through that discipline, the people would, would grow together. And what I'm going to talk to you about this morning is, is how you might try to come up with a, a covenant group or an accountability buddy for whatever it is you're going to help with. I don't care if you are trying to lose weight, trying to stop smoking, uh, Whatever your goal is, whether it's spiritual or physical, emotional, uh, relational, whatever it is, this, this will work for you. And, and you see it all the time. Uh, in, in the gyms, if you really are serious about it in a gym, you hire a buddy, right? They're called a physical trainer, a personal trainer, and you, so you pay somebody to kick you in the butt and tell you you're not working hard enough because you're not going to do it on your own. So you have to pay somebody money to tell you to work harder. Uh, I, I think, I wish we could get that in the church too. I wish we could, you know, for some reason people are willing to pay for that. I'd be happy to take your money to tell you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> I, could, I could go into spiritual training and I could be rich, uh, but... But what, no matter what you're trying to do, this, this will help you, okay? You need, a friend, you need accountability. And that last thing we said is if you're going to go to war, you need a plan. You need wise counsel, and you need a plan. And that's where, that's where the, it first starts. You need someone who is honest with you, who knows you, who's not, well, who's not afraid to tell you that you're an idiot, it's not afraid to tell you that, yeah, as much as you think you're great, eh, not really. 
not, not mean, okay? We're not talking about what we talked about in the second verse there of a friend who will just turn around and stab you in the back, but, but someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth. You need someone who can sit down with you and that you can work out a plan. If your goal is to lose weight and you say, I want to lose 120 pounds by February 14th, a good friend is going to say, wait, whoa, the only way that happens is we bury you. You know, that's, that's not going to work. You need a friend who can help you with, with counsel, that can, that can block it out with you. And then once you, have a, once you have a plan, then you share that plan with one another, and then you hold each other accountable. Just like in the early Methodist churches, they would meet together, and they would say, so how goes it with your plan? How goes it with what you're trying to do? And you could share, well, I was doing really good until this happened. And I, and I, I gave up, and I, and I, you have to be able to talk to, with, to one another. You have to be able to share equally with one another that iron sharpens iron, that, that mutual loving relationship. You know, sometimes love is about Sharpening another person. How loving is it when you see somebody on the wrong path or you see somebody doing something wrong or you see something that's, that somebody doing something that's going to hurt them? How loving is it to just ignore it so you don't hurt their feelings? Sometimes friendship requires a little bit of friction and spark. But you know what? You can take that from somebody you know loves you, Right? It might not feel good when it's happening, but if, if you have a mutual loving relationship with somebody, sometimes even when it sparks, even when there's friction, even when they're rubbing up against you, you, you can deal with it. So you, you get together and you meet with one another. You share with one another. You encourage one another. You, you, you replan. You re-strategize. You pick up and you start over. I'm giving a workshop next weekend on how to how to work in the working in the church and how to create a strategy in the church. And my one of my points is that you try, you fail because we, that's just what happens. Try, you fail, then you try harder, and you fail better. You still fail. You just fail a little better next time. And that's sort of how we grow in our, our relationships. We, we make a plan, and we work towards it, and we fail. That's just who we are. It happens all the time. We fail. And then what do we want to do normally when we fail? We want to quit. Oh, see, it doesn't work. Oh, see, I knew I couldn't do it. See, I knew oh, this is just too hard. Well, you don't quit. You just revise the plan, try a little harder. And then you feel better next time. This time, instead of it only lasting three days, it lasted three days and one hour. And I was, I was on the right track still. Okay? So you, 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 you encourage one another. And then the third thing that that friend can do for you is to pray for you. This is where 
a true friend that's closer than a brother. This is where, now, if you, if you don't believe in Christianity and you don't have a relationship with God, then this is going to seem weird to you. But this is where, this is where strength comes from in Christianity. And I can't explain the mystery of prayer other than to say that there is an all-powerful God that somehow, some way, has allowed us to unleash his power and to, to invite him into relationships through prayer. And by the opening of that door, he has given permission to make a difference. And when we have people agreeing with us in prayer that there is a, that there is a strength, that there is, an, there is a power there that isn't available when we're on our own. Now, the reason this is so important is because so many of us think that strength is about going it on our own, that strength is about being self-sufficient, that, that we shouldn't need other people's help. That's for the weak. That's for the, you know... That's for those other people, but we, we can make it on our own. But we need friends. We need encouragement. Yeah, I, I want to suggest to you, if you want to be successful in the Christian life at all, you need friends. You cannot do this thing that we call Christianity by yourself. You've got to have a friend. You've got to have someone who can spur you on. Here's a secret. Even Jesus needed friends. He, the reason he invited those disciples into his life, sure, it was to set an example and to have a band of followers, but a part of it was for him. He needed the encouragement of them. Remember a couple times he's, he's having a hard time, especially the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes his friends with him and says, will you sit here and pray for me? I need your friendship. I need your support. I need your help. You need a buddy. You need a buddy. And as I told the kids, the best way to find a buddy is to be a buddy. The best way to have more friends is to be a friend. Now, somehow we lose this idea once we get out of sixth grade. I don't know why. And I, and I deal with it all the time. People come into the church. They want to move in. They sit in the corner. They don't talk to anybody. They don't interact with any group, they don't talk, and they have this look on them that says, if you speak to me, I will kick you hard. And, they, and then they'll tell me, you have the most unfriendly church. No one will speak to me. <laughs> Come on. If you, if you want a friend, you have to be a friend. If you want to have loving relationships, you have to be, able, you have to be willing to be in a loving relationship. If you want to have a mutual friendship, you have to be willing to be a mutual friend. It's just like in, in marriage. That, that whole 50-50 thing in marriage, that's a bunch of baloney. It's a hundred and a hundred. Because a lot of times, their 50% ain't good enough. And you've got to make up for it. And other times, their 50% ain't good, and you've got to make up for it. A mutual relationship is when you're willing to give 100% for the other person no matter what. We need those kind of relationships in our lives. 
because we're not strong enough, we're not good enough, we don't, we don't know how to, to push ourselves the way we need to push. I've been fortunate enough to be in, in a, an accountability group from the time that I started in uh, Harlingen as being a youth director. And there was a group of four pastors that met, and I came in as youth director, and I was a young kid, and, and we just started meeting. And I've, there's two of those people that are still in my group now. We've all moved to the Austin area now, and, we, and for that for that 15 years now, we have gotten together one form or another. We try to do it twice a week as an accountability group. And, there's, and, and through that 15 years, you know, when it first started, there was, it was weird. You know, you have to sort of force yourself into the relationship. And they're, asking, and they're much more disciplined than I am. Like when I first started, they start every year with like a seven-day fast, like bread and water only. And I quickly told them, I don't, I'm not that religion. Whatever it is, I'm not that religion. <laughs> they don't watch TV. They, they limit themselves to like five hours of TV a week. I, I feel like a victory if I do that in a day. So there's a, there's a lot of differences in us. But as we, as we got to meet together and, and we shared and stuff, it went beyond what they do and what I do and how they're better and I'm better. We, you know, there, we had to work through all that weirdness. But over, now, after 15 years, I can go and honestly share what I'm going through with those guys. Knowing, number one, that they're going to they're gonna tell me when I'm making mistakes like if I show up and I start complaining about the church, oh, this is going bad, that they're going to tell me, have you looked in the mirror? Do you see how you're causing this problem? Do you see how you're creating this for yourself? They'll hold me accountable to that. They'll sharpen me. They'll butt up against me. They also will help me work a plan. I can call them at any time if I'm having something wrong, I don't know how to handle this, and they'll give me wise counsel and advice. And most importantly, I know they, they pray for me, and I do the same for them. Pray for their family. I pray for their relationship with, with their kids. I pray for their church leadership. I pray for the, the personal goals that they're working on. I pray for their fears and their doubts that we've, we've each shared with one another. Praise for the goals and aspirations that they have. We pray together. And because of that relationship, I'm a better person now than I was 15 years ago. And I know that a year from now, I'll be a better person yet because they're sharpening me. We're, we're holding each other in accountability. They're helping me to do the things that I can't do on my own. You know, I said when I first, they fasted seven days, I, I was like, no way. Well, I, I, every once in a while, I'll do a three-day fast now. You know, that's, and that's, that's growth for me. They, I used to be horrible, at, and I still am not very good, but I was horrible at just quiet, personal prayer time. 
I couldn't do that. I've grown in that area. The, the way I, I interact and really, I mean, there's lots of things that through the years they have worked with me on that we have struggled through together. Marriages that have gone through hard times. Uh, children who have gotten on the wrong track and, and fallen into drugs. I mean, there, we have gone through a lot together and we all know that we can trust one another. And because of that trust, because of that relationship, we can grow together. We want, we want you to find that yourselves. You need some relationships that can push you on. You need some people who will strike up against you. Not the friends that show up to take the goodies. Not the friends who think that you have something that's going to benefit them. Not, not the, the, the ones who want to sidle up next to you because they think they're going to get something out of the relationship. But you want a friend that there is willing to... And you know how you get that? You just... You have to open yourself up for risk. With those five relationships I have with those guys, there's a lot of others that I... In that mix, there's probably been about 25 other guys who have come in and out of that group. And we have seen it not work. (laughs) And some of them worked and just have moved on or whatever. But we've had to open up ourselves to the risk of being judged or ridiculed or hurt by other people to find those five relationships that we can count on. It's not an easy thing. You have to go outside your comfort zone every once in a while. You have to risk. But a friend, a buddy, is something that you cannot do without. You have to have it. If you are going to war, whatever that war might be, maybe the war is your marriage. Maybe the war is your health. Maybe the war is just getting over loneliness and depression. Maybe the war is growing in... in your love for others. I don't know what your war is, but if you're going to war, you need, you need an army. You need someone who can stand next to you that will hold you accountable, that will pray for you, that will encourage you. You know, when all those other folks fail, you always have one friend that's going to be there, and that's Jesus. You, you always, he's always going to be there. And he's the one that's going to be at work in that relationship, bringing you together. Even people that don't seem like they should go together, he can make unity happen there. So he's always in that relationship. But if he needed friendship, man, then we've got to have it. If he, if, I mean, Jesus, who lived, who sat on the throne, who was in heaven, who knew about all the blessings and power. If he needed the encouragement of friends while he was here, then we definitely have to have it. So find a buddy, find a friend. Somebody who's not going to screw a screw into your ear. (laughs) That can fix your bad thinking. That can help you to get on the right track. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your for your presence in our lives, for, for always being there for us, for loving us enough that you uh, want what's best for us, not what we want. 
that you never will leave us, that you'll never walk away from us. No matter what we tell you, you will be there for us. And God, we, we, need, a, we need a physical representation of that too, and that's what, that's what the friends you give us can be for us. They can remind us of who you are. They can, they can help us to see you in our everyday lives through their willingness to love, through their willingness to push, through their willingness to challenge, to pray. Lord, we just pray that you might help us find those relationships in our lives. And we, we know the best way for us to do that is when we're willing to do that for someone else. You know, for a lot of us, it's uncomfortable to reach out in relationship, to, to trust other people, to, to sort of put ourselves out there. God, would you give us that willingness, that boldness, that, that courage that we're willing to try something new to get to the new life that you have for us. And bless those relationships that you have given us. Thank you for those, for those friends that we do have, for those friends that will stick with us no matter what, for those friends that would do anything for us. We thank you for them. And Lord, just help us to return to them that mutual love. And we pray that in the name of, of your name. And we pray that in, in your name. Amen.